Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Yes, indeed, you are on Cruise Control, and so are we, because we're with you live every single week. I am Les Jackson. The other guy is Fred Staub, and as usual, hello there, Fred, and as usual, this is your on-air automotive magazine, and as such, that means we have a bunch of articles and stories to talk about, and as usual... We, uh, we're going to. Yeah. What do you got first, Les? You have a story from Stellantis. Well, Stellantis uh, says it needs to make its battery electric vehicles profitable. Uh, They say it just costs too much to make them. And they show off uh, the first electric, all electric design from the ground up. And it's a Jeep. And it looks pretty, well looks like a jeep <laughs> which is which a, is a good thing good thing if you're uh, if you're looking to make an electric jeep yeah that's for yep. for sure this is not a band's name but it is a name that the uh, uh, manufacturers love the dealers the conquestors bronco scores mm-hmm. against wrangler and what are people selling to buy ford mavericks you might be a little surprised what vehicle they're selling to buy a Ford Maverick, but we'll, we'll tell you about it. Yes, and uh, we're also going to have a, uh, a little sadness as the Tesla turns. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> um, I should wear a black armband. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, new models uh, with mixed-up tires, information leaks, and central inflation. Uh, <laughs> this is... Just stuff that shouldn't happen in modern today's vehicles. Yeah, and then Mazda says it's targeting Lexus owners in an upscale move uh, that uh, they say, why bother taking on BMW when we can take on Lexus? I don't know. What do you think? Well, Lexus is a tough brand. Yeah. Um, The owners are middle-aged and up. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a great great brand a lot of loyalty i don't know yeah Uh, just don't know um but we're going to talk tech a little later ferrari's got an auto adjusting cockpit yeah that sounds cool sounds pretty cool plus i'll have an at the wheel review of the vw taos which is a compact crossover new for 2022 just introduced um and it is a pretty cool vehicle. We'll tell you about that. It also, this is in, uh, it was in Cornflower Blue, uh, which is almost. Cornflower om- Blue. Yeah, it's almost, um, it's almost like, you know, Grabber Blue from Ford, which is, interestingly, I had a Toyota that was in that color not that long ago as well. Who knows? Industry trends, Les Jackson. 
But stay tuned to Cruise yep. Control. We will be right back. Plenty more to go. We're just getting started, so buckle up. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. It's the show you're on. I'm Fred Staub. He is none other than Les Jackson. Always there mm -hmm. to talk about what's going on in the automotive world, Les. And, you know, there's a lot. Let's face it. Uh... Stellantis talked this week about their EV future. CEO Carlos Taveras talked about the future of the company's brands, switch to electrification. One of the things he brought out was he says the costs of building EVs are way too high and that really they're kind of fronting the, the vehicles with money. They can't afford to do that. They need to make money on these vehicles uh, you and i have noticed the average cost of the vehicles of course is now forty-seven thousand dollars. but it is not uncommon to see vehicles 50 60 70 80 thousand dollars or more right that's right that's right um now if they're not making profit at that at that level then uh, i don't i don't know but uh, what do you think it is? I mean, they're simpler to build. Is it that? Well, ex yeah, but the the batteries cost a lot of money. The 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 electric motors, electric drivetrains, um, that kind of it's a simple system, but it's a it's a very expensive uh, system. It's more than you know the cost of an engine. Well. Also, too, you think about it, they have not standardized a lot of things yet with electric cars, one no, platform. No. We talk about platforms all the time on cruise control, where like Volkswagen uh, has the MQB platform. They build everything off of that, crossovers, the Golf, all kinds of things. Look about engines. Engines are used across the board uh in chevy the uh, trucks use the same or similar engine as is put in the corvette so now you've amortized that over a whole bunch of different vehicles and the cost comes down right now where we're at a lot of these electric vehicles are one-offs you know it, it or it's built specifically for that there's no that's right there's not a lot of what they call roller skate platforms or skateboard platforms um, and once that happens, and, and plus they're still building, of course, the main businesses, internal combustion engine vehicles. Once that all happens, maybe they do become profitable. But um, the Stellantis CEO was saying right now they're not profitable. He has to find a way to absorb up to 50% additional costs of building electric vehicles. He feels... Yeah, and e even... Um pure electric manufacturers like Tesla, and they've been building cars for, what, 12, 14, 15 years. Um, we know, because about a year and a half ago, we, we reported that on the show, the Model 3 costs Tesla 29000 to build. Right. And you can't sell it for 33 or 35 or even 40 for that 
for that uh, cost. Yeah, you wouldn't have enough of a margin. Yeah. Uh, interesting. And, and of course you're restructuring your complete lineup. You're, he, he feels, uh, the head of, uh, Stellantis that there, that the goal is too, too soon for going all electric. And, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. He's saying it's not, the demand is not there. It's more of a political thing. Interesting point, but, um, he also revealed some interesting products. We don't have too much information on this, but it is a Jeep, an all-electric Jeep built from the ground up. He is going to leverage, of course, all of his brands across Europe. Um, and it's uh, we put a picture of it up on our uh, Facebook page and our Instagram feed. It's a good-looking vehicle. I mean, it's got the Jeep grill. It's got a great two-tone look. And uh, it, what it, it looks sort of like a Jeep version of the Chrysler Airflow that they showed back at CES, I believe, right? Yep, it does. Um, and it's, you know, it, uh, it's unmistakably Jeep. Yeah. Uh, you have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but imagine the off-road crawling capability. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Because Jeep, of course, is the brand of being trail rated. And, oh, yeah. and electric vehicles would be perfect on the trail. The instant torque, the ability to shut off a front motor or, or rear motor instantly That's with right. a switch. Um, and uh, the ability to travel very, very slowly. Uh, and all the suspension parts and pieces will still be there, the you know, for, for off-roading. So interesting stuff. We'll be seeing a lot of electric Jeeps, I'm sure. Stay tuned to Cruise Control. Right. Uh, we're going right into a break, and we will be back with some of the conquests. Conquest sales. Who's buying the Maverick, and what are they selling? Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back to Cruise Control. I'm Les, he's Fred, and uh, things are really boiling uh, in the <laughs> Ford Maverick world. <laughs> they're boiling. I, I mean, like they really are. I mean, I have a friend who's going to get his, uh, it's on order, he should get his in the next two weeks or so. Wow. He's already been offered 10000 more than he's paying for it. Wow, I, I might think about selling it. <laughs> he's thinking about he's seriously thinking of course i'm predicting he's he thinks he's got a, a firm contract but i don't believe it you I mean think, to buy it yeah i think they'll either sell it out from under him or they're going to tack on six seven thousand dollars do are they selling it at msrp or have they already said there'll be a market price no, market uh, price that's that's msrp he has the contract that he did it last uh almost uh, july you know when you would go into a restaurant and it would say lobster market price right i've seen that now on new car dealers websites it would say msrp mm. you know 28,000, whatever. And then it would say market price, call this number. Isn't that crazy? That's, uh, that's the shortest way to 
develop very unhappy buyers. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm buying the lobster, uh, the lobster uh, plate, a uh, special plate, yep. but we'll let you but know. I'll never come back. No. Well, let's talk about this. You know, the auto industry always likes a good conquest story, meaning I always yep. bought Chevys, but now I am buying Ram trucks, right? Well, mm -hmm. a lot of people are buying the Ford Maverick, aren't they? We just talked about it. Your, uh, your friend is buying one. Uh, and the thing <laughs> is, what are they trading in? Now, uh you would think, well, it's probably another truck, right? Nope. It is none other than the Honda Civic. They are trading in Honda Civics <laughs> in droves to buy Seems. Ford Mavericks. You can't even Seems order a odd. new Ford Maverick right now. But, no, not now. But the Civic owners, great car, by the way, Civic owners, are trading in for Ford Mavericks. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Now, does that mean uh, that these people that have been perfectly happy with um, compact cars uh, are suddenly deciding to commute in a truck? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. They, they want to be up there with everyone else, and you're sitting too low in, in, a, uh, in a, a Honda Civic. Also yep. doing well are Honda Ridgelines. Uh, and, and then, talking about other conquests, uh, Ford Bronco, of course, the vehicle of, of unobtainium, <laughs> <laughs> is uh, uh, doing well uh, uh, and, and taking sales from uh, the folks over at Jeep, from the Wrangler. They're really, That's... really cutting into Wrangler sales. Ford continues to steal the sales of Jeep Wrangler. Uh, and as of February, the battle is proving to be much harder for the established uh, 4x4 Jeep. And uh, Ford says Bronco has managed to convert more Jeep Wrangler owners than any other competitor in Conquest sales. Ford said that the Bronco's number one competitive Conquest is Jeep Wrangler it is able to do this despite being hit with production cuts due to semiconductor shortages, and they had a problem with the top and things like that. But uh, what do you think Jeep responds to this? Do they do away with the solid front axle and things like that, or is that part of the allure of the uh, Wrangler? No, I think I'll th they'll go modern on things like that. I... Um... I think they're going to have to do some discounting. Ooh, discount Jeep. Which, which yeah. Uh, oh, this is the worst time in automotive history to do that. But uh, that'll that'll hold hold your loyalty. What does it do for resale value? Because the Wrangler has had an incredible resale value. It was like. You know, the one vehicle you could buy and you wouldn't lose much money at all. And probably these days you wouldn't lose any money if you had it for five years, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Would it would it really affect resale value? These days, probably not. Yeah. Uh, these days, probably used Jeeps are selling for 15, 20 yeah. grand over what they used to sell for. 
So uh, that is a big deal in the automotive industry to have a conquest, and uh, it, it's just, I mean, that they, they have bounties on people, don't they? They, they do. I, this, this whole thing is just so ludicrous. Yeah, I really just don't want to play. That's 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 what. No, I, I don't either. Yeah. So, um, let's uh, let's keep going with another interesting story that uh, I think. <laughs> well, less. All right, let's do it. As the Tesla turns. Listen, we wouldn't be doing a service to our listening public if we didn't do it. As the Tesla turns. Uh, and and they're so good, always furnishing us. Yeah. New new problems. Yeah, there's new problems. Well, here's one. Uh, a guy ordered a brand new Model X expensive vehicle, right? The yep. the uh, crossover. Uh, it was delivered to the dealer. He came in to inspect it, and it had two different kinds of tires on it. The front <laughs> had Michelins. The back had Continentals. This was an X Plaid, uh, so okay. a Model X Plaid. So this is a high-performance vehicle. He said he was so disgusted, he said, I don't want it. Keep it. And he went out and bought an F-250 Tremor turbo diesel pickup instead and hmm. paid $25,000 less. So the pickup was, I think, $85,000. So well. this was a $100,000 car with mismatched tires. Can you believe that? It's, you just think, you know, why didn't they just delay it or at least, you know, at the production or, or let him know, look, if you can take it with uh, mismatching tires, we can ship it. But otherwise, we have to wait for the supply to come in. I don't know. Why couldn't the let dealers the say, I'll put four new tires on it, all matched? What do you want, yeah. Michelin or Continental? That's what yeah. a deal, I mean... The dealers are trying to figure out what they do. That's something they could fix. Say, no problem. We'll get, we'll get, uh, we'll mount up new tires. But it's, it's like buying an old taxi cab or something. You know, they have like <laughs> different tires and that. I, I mean, is this? Do you think it's that the employees don't care? That it's just get it out the door? What do you think? I, I think it's yeah. I think it's a morale problem. Wow. Um, they've had morale issues at Tesla for a long time. Wow. It's it's just, uh, it comes from a, a Twitter user, at EZEbrony. There was a Maserati Fiat uh, dealer that had just opened about a half mile from me heading toward the Pentagon. Yeah. And it shut down in the fall and emptied and... Tesla is moving in uh, with cars on the showroom floor. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. You can go there and check out what tire. I'll go, to, I'll <laughs> go there and measure uh, door gaps. <laughs> What's this? Oh, it's a roof that came off. Well, we're not done yet with it. <laughs> Tesla turns. Um this is a disaster. A second owner of a secondhand Model X found the previous owner's personal information still linked to the car. <laughs> he went through the menus and found all kinds of sensitive information. His address, his account number, his previous payment history, all there in the car. 
Now, that I don't know whether that's the problem of the car or the car dealer or what, but we'll talk about hmm. that. We also have a good story about Tesla, so some good tech on that. So stay tuned to Cruise Control. We'll be back with that. We'll tell you about Mazda taking on Lexus, too. Stay tuned. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast episode information. And welcome back. Welcome back. Fred and I were talking about Tesla. What's going on there? <laughs> we always do. And uh, there's so much that we have to continue it. Yeah. What do you think of this information leak? That's, uh, you know, well, I, I think that's kind of the fault of the dealer for not doing that or yeah even the person selling the car they just forgot so i'm not i'm not going to yeah, put that on tesla's uh with, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really blame Tesla for that. Basically, that 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 screen um, is sort of the equivalent of a personal computer or right. smartphone, and you, you've got to get rid of your information, and you have to, you know, you got to work at it. it uh, some of that information is sort of in Hidden. the background. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about a good thing, you know, because we want to be fair here on cruise control. Uh, good idea here, uh, one that's kind of adapted from the military uh, for the Tesla Semi. And there's a lot more testing that's probably going to be coming up. Probably that's his next big vehicle that he'll be releasing. He has an automatic tire inflation system with through-hub air feed. So that means the tires are constantly being checked. If one goes a little low, it gets inflated. Mm -hmm. you, you can do it while you're driving. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And he's got some technology where the air flows through the hub. Um, sounds interesting to me. I think it's a good idea, certainly for truck drivers. Uh, means more safety and uh, uh, less uh, going around ma and maintenance, right? Well, that's true. Uh, this is... Again, this is not new. Um, a lot of different vehicles have it. Hummer is most famous for it. Uh, but uh, does this mean that the semi is close to being unveiled? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I weirdly think that's one of the best-looking vehicles. <laughs> yeah, actually, I have to agree. It's, yeah, it's kind it's, of a modern take. It's almost yeah. a cab over, which have disappeared for the most part from the U.S. market. <clears throat> and I, I'm glad you said that because it reminds me of from when I was a kid and reading Popular Mechanics, Ford <laughs> in the late 50s and early 60s actually experimented with a nuclear-powered <laughs> semi. <laughs> what, uh, what could go wrong? <laughs> what could possibly? But it was just, you know, it was just development experimentation. They weren't really going to put it on the road. But, the, but it was very much styled in this cab-over, very sleek, uh, ultra-modern look. And it, you can find pictures of it. Wow. Uh, on the internet, but it, the semi, the Tesla semi reminds me of that. Yeah, it's going to have uh, either 300 or 500 mile range. 500 miles is about what a driver can do in a day, you know, a yeah. semi driver. Uh, and then you would stop at a truck stop and recharge. 
an expected price around 150000 which is kind of what these trucks cost. Kind of what they cost, yeah. Used to be a lot. Now it's the price of uh, <laughs> a crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Pepsi has has uh, requested them uh, fifteen examples of it, so I think it, I think that's probably a more one of his more viable new products. I'd like to see the Roadster come out too, but we don't know when. I, yeah, I, but the problem is people aren't buying Roadsters. Yeah, I know. So there you have it. Our as the Tesla turns. Uh, uh, our engineer, Patrick, also told us that in Spokane, Washington, they were going to buy some Teslas but for police police work, but they were too small, Tesla Model 3s. Uh, I, I would, would not think that a Tesla would, would make a great police vehicle. No, I mean, uh, they're driven pretty hard, and uh, they have to be pretty heavy duty, so... And you have to integrate a lot of electronics into it. So I don't know. I, I just probably wouldn't do that. Stick with, stick with you know, the other manufacturers. But um, that's our as the Tesla turns. Not all bad. Not not all bad. No, Buzz. no, no. Not, not all bad at all. No. So we can kind of call them out as we see them. So, hey, let's talk about Mazda. Mazda has some big plans. Um you know, they showed off that little crossover that they say they want to um, get 50% more sales from, which I think is is you know, pretty, you know, aggressive, the CX-50. And then they're going to have the all-new CX-60 SUV, and they're moving up market. And according, once again, to Autocar, which is a, a European publication, uh, Mazda wants to take on Lexus. They said there's no point in taking yep. on BMW. We want to take on Lexus. Uh, Lexus has really been the only premium Japanese brand in in the mind of Mazda, and they want to they want to take it on. Uh, I think that's a a big, big, big task. Um, you know, Mazda has, of course, made their interiors much more luxurious in recent years. Even the CX-5, uh, their small crossover is pretty luxurious if you get some of the upper upper end trim levels. Uh, but still, Lexus is a powerhouse. I don't know if they can take them over. I don't know if they have the ability to build enough vehicles, do you? Well, uh, I don't either. Um, I, I think... You know, I earlier said that, you know, the, the age, the average age of Lexus buyers is up there. Mm -hmm. um, but on top of that, you know, it's the dealership experience. And you look at a Lexus dealership, it's it's very elegant, uh, high-end everything. And Mazda, to do this, is going to have to do some serious upgrading of its dealerships. Yeah, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. This could get point. expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, with Lexus, you have Toyota behind you, which is huge. That's true. Yeah, so, well, we'll have to see. By the way, did you see that Toyota had a huge hack this week? They had to shut down um, 14 plants in Japan. I did, yeah. Because they had a huge uh, cyber attack, and uh, nobody knows where that came from. We're... I, I 
could think of one place where it might come from, but uh, <laughs> but I want I wonder where that would be. Yeah. Speaking of which, too, did you see manufacturers are shutting down operations in yeah. Russia? Uh, Russian sales ban, uh, Volkswagen, Daimler truck, Volvo cars, General Motors, and others are shutting down sales. And uh, they are uh, really putting the squeeze on, which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we certainly hope this thing ends soon. Um, and the, the bad people uh, get what they deserve. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's all we can do is hope like everybody else is hoping. Yeah. Let's talk a little tech. Ferrari has created a cockpit uh, which will automatically configure itself to the perfect seat location, perfect steering wheel location. Uh, all of that, seat, mirror, interior settings, without you doing anything. It will just kind of size up your body and say, here's where your seat should be. Here's where your mirror should be. They've filed this with the European Patent Office. Uh, of course, this comes from Carbuzz, who keeps track of all automotive patents. And uh, it would be not just a memory system where you memorize it, but it would somehow scan your body and do this all automatically. What do you think of that? Hmm. Hmm. Well, it's pretty cool. Um, I, I guess... I, you know, for, I can see this for an SUV, you know, in the family where three or four people drive it. How many people are going to be driving your Ferrari? I don't know. And if I'm comfortable one way, you might say, oh, no, that's too close to the steering wheel or something like that. So, yeah, let's do another talk in tech. Uh, Volvo testing wireless charging technology. In the uh, Gothenburg Green City Zone, and uh, it ch sends the power through a charging pad, which is picked up mm -hmm. by a receiver unit in the car. And to easily align the car with the charging pad, Volvos will use a 360-degree camera system for fully electric cars like the XC40 Recharge. Uh, Charging speeds are four times faster than a wired 11-kilowatt AC charger and almost as fast as a wired 50-kilowatt TC charger. So it's happening less wireless charging, just like your phone. <laughs> you wirelessly well, it, charge your car. It makes perfect sense. Um, this, you know, inductance charging. Yeah. Hey, Works great. When we come back, it doesn't have wireless charging, but it is a compact CUV. We'll talk about the VW Taos. Stay tuned. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine with Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Les... Let's talk about a compact CUV. This is an at-the-wheel review. Yep. And uh, compact CUVs, it's one of the hottest segments out there this time around. It is the all-new 2022 VW 
Taos. You what? What does that name mean? You would think, well, it's a uh, you know the name of a wind or something like that. That's what uh, VW likes to name their vehicles after. It is actually a Native American term for place of red willows. Ah. And uh, it also, there was a town in New Mexico named after it. I've been there. Yeah. So uh, all new. Uh, this is based on the MQB architecture, which is, uh, it underpins everything, Tiguan, Taos, um, I believe golf as well. Uh, all come with a 1.5 liter TSI 158 horsepower engine. Mm -hmm. 184 pound-feet of torque. If you get the front-wheel drive model, you get a traditional eight-speed automatic and the uh, all-wheel drive model, or four-motion, as they brand it, gets a seven-speed dual uh, DSG, dual-clutch automatic transmission. Those are the only drivetrains available. Uh, when you look at the vehicle, it certainly looks like a Mini Atlas or a Mini Tiguan. Ours was in corn flower blue, which is interesting. It looks like Ford Grabber blue. It looks like AMC Big Bad blue. And then we had a uh, Toyota not that long ago, Toyota Corolla, that had that color too. Maybe there's a trend here, Les. I don't know. Ours was the uh, SEL model, which, of course, is the well-featured model. Um and I like the design because it, it had great rear visibility. It is kind of squared off. You notice the roof line is almost flat, which is great for rear headroom and uh, cargo room and also a big rear glass, easy to see out of. Some attractive wheels on the outside, and, you know, you can't miss it. Volkswagen styling. I like the black bumpers on the vehicle. That's always a good idea if you get into a bump and rub uh, parking, it uh, does not look, uh, the paint does not rub off, so it, it looks good. Um, on the inside, thank goodness, they stuck with uh, knobs and buttons, uh, unlike the GTI that I had not that long ago. Uh, the interior, while decent rooming uh, and roomy, I felt some of the materials were not up to snuff. Good thing is it does come with a spare tire, a space saver spare tire, uh, and it has a nice little pass through for the rear seats. I believe Audi used to call this a ski pocket, hmm. and the rear seats do fold down pretty flat, but there is a kind of a lip between the the two storage areas. So if that bothers you, just know that it exists. Um, but overall, handsome vehicle on the outside. Uh, on the road, uh, I have to say. Their seven-speed dual-clutch automatic was not as good as a vehicle I had right after it, and we'll review next week, which is the Hyundai Santa Cruz. Big difference. I felt that this, this transmission uh, felt laggy at times, almost felt like a transmission that was slipping, um, and was not as enjoyable as the Hyundai version, which I did not detect any of that kind of uh, lag and all of a sudden it catches type of type of experience. Uh, I did like the look of the vehicle, however, and I did like the uh, color. There was a little weird piece of trim uh, on the fender and door. It looks like a little mismatched piece of trim. It says Taos on one side, and then there's a smaller 
piece of chrome uh, behind it. It just looks kind of strange to me. I'm not quite sure what was going on with that. But otherwise, on the outside, it was clean. It had the uh, fake dual exhaust ports in the back, which I really hate. Uh, I don't know why. If I don't think they should be on there if <laughs> if it's not an actual exhaust port. Just just something a pet peeve of mine. Not not something that would make me not get the vehicle. Uh, once again, the interior big uh, big screen for the infotainment system, but uh, a lot of knobs and uh, buttons and traditional controls for the vehicle, which is a good good thing. Now, that DSG transmission results in some pretty decent mileage for an all-wheel drive vehicle. Uh, once again, they call it four motion, all-wheel drive. Uh, this is 32 highway, 25 city, 28 f aggregate number, which is not really bad for a little SUV like this. Um, I would say the styling was safe, but it is it really kind of fits in with the, the family styling of Volkswagen. Uh, the interior was a little plain, and some of the materials, for some reason, they, they're in love with this cheap little lid on the 12-volt outlets <laughs> that <laughs> looks really, really cheap to me. But I, The interior, I, the, 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 the fabric itself, to me, in the photo, just doesn't look... Um, it, it looks rugged, but it doesn't look real high quality. That was actually, I guess, leatherette. Uh, no, leather seating surfaces. Yeah. Mm. So uh, it um, it's not cheap, really. Um, we'll go through some of the pricing for this. Um, so you do get the 1.5. This is a 1.5 SEL with the Turbo 4. Uh, and it uh, the, the price with all in, including destination, is 35440 so that's that's not a cheap vehicle by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the warranty is seven years, 100,000 miles, whichever happens first, which is not bad. Uh, the new vehicle limited warranty, um, I should say the limited warranty against corrosion and, pen and perforation is seven years, 100,000 miles. The new vehicle limited warranty is four years, 50,000 miles, and includes coverage for the powertrain components. Um, you get three years of maintenance. You get 24-hour road assistance for three years or 36,000 miles, uh, whichever comes first. Uh, so ours had the uh, cornflower blue exterior, which was no charge, the gray and black leather interior, which came with the SEL package. Uh, and then uh, we had uh, a power-tilting uh, panoramic sunroof, $1,200. No charge for the seven-speed DSG automatic with four motion. Uh, as I said, uh, $1,195 destination. All in, $35,440 for this uh, compact crossover. Um, I, uh, I have to say, though, that DSG transmission, I was surprised that they... The, the the feel of that was just not good compared to the Hyundai. And now people are not going to drive these vehicles back to back. We're lucky enough to do that. But it was like night and day between the Hyundai and the uh, and the Volkswagen. And they had similar. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the Hyundai transmission, you could hear 
stuff clicking and and lever levers going and you know you could hear weird sounds coming from it but it the driving experience was good this felt very hesitant when uh when accelerating you know like if you really mashed the throttle it would like have to decide and then it would come in real strong so uh, i'm not a big i i like cvts better frankly or or a regular transmission with six or eight gears. I wonder what the uh, front-wheel drive-only version drives like, which has the traditional, uh, transitional, traditional transmission. So, um, like I said, not super impressed with the interior, but I tell you what, if you want a compact CUV and you like the styling of the larger Volkswagens, then this could be for you. Great rear visibility, good storage, um, and it still maintains a lot of that European feel. So there you have it, the VW Taos, the compact uh, CUV at the wheel. Time for me to say I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We're going to see you down the road. Bye. Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.